0: Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the Man United Forum podcast. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed last week's show. So we're going to basically possibly touch on some of the stuff that was mentioned last week. And we've got a few new topics for you as well then this evening as well. Try and take your minds off the of things that are going on in your, the world at the moment. It's pretty shitty, uh, all the stuff that's going on. We all know you know, what's going on from day to day. We'll try and take our minds off of all that. So tonight what we're going to actually do, we're going to have a brief discussion About uh, what's going to happen with the Premier League, and I suppose all of Europe's top leagues at the moment. And is there any possibility of them possibly looking for a way to finish the season? I know David Dent we've got on the call tonight um, feels very strongly that the season has to be finished. Is it possible to do that? I've got some quotes and interviews with some of the professionals like Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, and whatnot as well, and some of their quotes about is it possible? Will it happen? Won't it? We're also going to touch on United season today as well. Some of the transfers that we've made: uh, James Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, Bruno, and Gallo. Um, we'll also obviously have to have a wee little discussion about Oli, how he's performed, good, bad, has he finally lived up to your expectations? Um, and we'll kind of try and finish it on a, a positive note. Um, so we'll see how we get on here. T- anyway, so I'm going to bring the guys into it here. And just wish you all uh, hope you're all happy and healthy. Uh, so how are you all getting on tonight, guys?
1: Yeah, not too
0: bad, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, all stuff.
1: good here. All good. Just
0: one particular, I'll get this ball rolling here. I just want to say a particular warm welcome to uh, Grandbo. Last week we had uh, Darren or Brian dialing in all the way from Toronto at 11am. Uh, um, I think Granbo's going to try and outdo him here. I believe it's about 2am or so in Malaysia. So how's things over there anyway for you, Grandbo? Not gear,
1: but nice. <laughs>
0: And you're handling the lockdown okay? The kids uh, aren't getting to you too much, and the wife. It's, it's a challenge. That's the important, uh, the impor- important supplies, but uh, as, as I said to you, we had a brief discussion before recording here that we'd try and get the, I suppose, the shitty things, discussed first, and get them boxed off, and we'll try and finish on a, a more positive note towards the back end. So there's been a lot of kind of different articles and whatnot. And I've been looking around, kind of doing a bit of research before we did the call here. And um, as I mentioned there, David kind of feels very strongly that it's grossly unfair if the season doesn't finish, if it isn't boxed off, and Liverpool don't win their league. Which I'm kind of surprised for a United fan to say something and f- uh, speak so fervently about that. You're going to really have to sell this now, David. You do know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I just find it very, very difficult. Funnily enough, I just read a Gary Neville interview literally about twenty minutes before coming on here and he doesn't believe that we'll see Premier League football until August twenty twenty one. So do you want to get the ball rolling on that one, David?
2: Yeah, sure. Um that's a bit of a stretch from Gary now, to be honest. August twenty twenty one, that's that sounds a tag crazy, but um but that's out of context, I guess. Um no, for for me and it's not about it's not necessarily about Liverpool. Um, listen, at the end of the day, if my suggestion was that if all teams played twenty nine games and finished it at twenty nine games, I think that's it's something like six six matches that are unplayed. If all teams finished at twenty nine games and stayed in the position they were in after twenty nine games, that wouldn't be an unfair way to finish it because for the most part yeah, uh, listen. Liverpool have their title. That's at the given we've all somewhat accepted it in, until COVID nineteen kicked in. But Norwich are at the bottom of the league and have been for months. Aston Villa have dipped in and out of the the bottom three. Bournemouth have spent a good portion of the league in uh, in, in in the bottom. Anybody who gets relegated at this point, I don't think can really have much of a complaint. Chelsea finished third. Uh, fin- uh, sorry finished fourth they've been sat in that position for months now at this point Leicester have been in the top two, we're, we're second for mm. what, five or six months um, and then City like that top four if it was to finish the way it is now it can like if we're being fair if we're being honest then we probably deserve to finish where, where we finish like most like most teams and um, yeah, I I know you mentioned before Kirk, the the legal uh the legal end of that mm. will be fucking will be a monster, but if for, as far as the Premier League, I'm going to talk about the Premier League because I'm not even going to pretend that I know the ups and downs of, of the Championship and the League One, but as far as the Premier League is concerned, and um, okay, there's no other league that has such an extended. Um, Gap between first and second for 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 the title. Um, no, I, I don't think if if they were to finish it, play those last few games behind closed doors, and finished it as a twenty nine league, um, a twenty nine game um, league for the one season that it is. I don't think many teams could really argue with where they finished so just yeah, to
0: confirm okay. you're more Sorry, advocating God. for the for the season to finish as is now just to box it off with the 28-29 games that have been played that's basically what you're, saying. you're not really advocating for the say the soccer camp as they call it or the football camp soccer got you No, know, I, I actually
2: <laughs> listen if they could do it safely mm. fine like we, we heard today that the Bundesliga are planning to finish yes. their season starting on the 9th of May that's we know that Germany have been so on top of how mm. they've dealt, as a country, have
3: been so on top of how they dealt now with it. the
0: Bundesliga want to do that, but they They said it's it's obviously down to the government yeah, and yeah. The, uh, the health services
2: Of course, it'll, 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 service it's pending uh, government approval, but you know they are in such a strong position to be able to do that. Their control of the situation has been far more aggressive and far more um, effective the UK, and not to start kicking at the UK, but they made they made a shambles of a start yeah. of it. Absolutely, just like did. The US did.
0: Can and, I? Can um, I? They
2: want
0: to suffer for that. Yeah. Can I just? I'll, I'll read you back Neville's quote that I read just before this call, and I'll see what uh, Ted and uh, Graham think about this as well. So he said uh, he told Sky Sports he said it feels like a parallel parallel universe. I have meetings in Air Two hotels at seven thirty in the morning, where I'm being told that people. Won't be able to sit within two meters of each other and uh, when we're in the restaurants capacities in the restaurants are going to go down by 50 percent uh members of staff serving the food are going to have to have gloves on protective masks to uh, stop the spread of infection then he's going into a meeting an hour later on with regards to football and they're talking about players in physical contact jumping up for headers against each other and you know tackles uh shoulders and um, and whatnot and he said hang on i've just come out of the meeting in regards to my other business in in the hospitality industry and that's dying like i can't you know have two people you know like a group of people sitting at two tables uh, too closely together Um he said it just doesn't work there's one simple thing that i thought about a month or two ago that football would continue and we could get behind uh, closed doors football i'm very doubtful as i sit here today the more I, and the more uh, sorry the more I hear and the more i listen on contract situations that jamie redknapp previously mentioned an employer can't put his employees at risk based on health and safety grounds. And um, he's a Salford City owner, as we know. And um, some of his players, he said, that have diabetes. And um, others have got asthma. And he says he can't rightly expect them to go onto a pitch and for a game of football for you know for ninety minutes to risk their livelihood, not only their own, but obviously their families, their friends, their loved ones. For a game of football, you know they could go onto the pitch, contract the virus, go back home. And then they're endangering loved ones' lives. So when you think of all these kind of situations as well, and I'm actually kind of surprised Jamie Rednap made such an intelligent point as well to do with the uh, the the health and safety and the contract issues as well that I I kind of touched on that as well on the forum. Is there any way around this? Do you see anything? Can you see the season finishing at all, Ted or or, or Graham? To Be honest, I don't think
1: anything's going to happen in May or June, July. Here is- going to happen. Football's obviously not the only industry that's been affected by what's going on. All the leading industries are saying that best case scenario has probably got to be July, August, summer and say September, October, November. So I honestly don't think it's it's viable to, to have any games played in the, the near future at all. But I think July is
0: probably the best expectation that we can have. Are, are we going to continue the 2019-2020 season in July 2020? And there's the whole knock-on effect that I made, uh, I made the point then as well. I don't know if it was to you, David, on the forum that if you're delaying the season to start or trying to get it boxed off, say, before the June 30th cut-off because of contracts and players being out of contract and whatnot, you're then expecting the players to play straight through to close out this season. You're going into a Premier League season, then to the Euros, and then straight into with the uh, the World Cup qualifiers as well, and then into the Qatar 2022 World Cup on top of that and that in itself is an absolute fucking shit joke the Qatar World Cup they were talking about changing around the the scheduling on that as is so when you just think of all these different things the legal the health just another thing as well to touch on the Bundesliga as well even in Germany I'm pretty sure it was only this week that they announced that uh, Oktoberfest is cancelled so how can they cancel Oktoberfest in October but then the Bundesliga are saying May next week or whatever it is in the next 10 days we want to start back up to football. Like we're all football fans here. We're all dying for sport, in particular football, to be back. But it just doesn't seem to make sense. I switch back on to what Gary Neville said. It seems like a parallel universe. How how does that make sense?
2: The the only thing I'd say is they're they're comparing I guess to a, a, like a, a controlled a controlled environment with an uncontrolled environment. So mm. if you take let's say for argument's sake, um there's what say six teams that are left to play the games to finish the season. Mm. I'm just I'm I'm grabbing a number there. Mm. So that's I'm, I'm probably completely wrong. But mm. let's say you've got your squads of 22 for six teams. Those players can be isolated to play those games behind closed doors. That that is something that is manageable. You can you can call it a football camp whatever. But can be done for the purpose of playing those games octoberfest you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people coming from everywhere to uh, to an, an event if you're talking about staff in a hotel they're dealing with people coming in and out and of course their hotels are dealing with nhs are providing for nhs workers so you've got people coming from hospitals that are coming in to stay in the hotel and they're interacting with a, a, a wide range of of different people. It's I don't think it's apples to apples mm. in in how they're comparing it, but but okay. Even if we don't see any football between now and September, let's say, um, the, the season does need a resolution one way or another. You, for me, you can't play twenty eight games. Of a thirty-four game season or a thirty-five game season, yeah, thirty-eight. They,
0: oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. What? Thirty-eight. Sorry. Uh, thirty-eight. A full, yeah. Eight. It's a thirty-eight?
2: Yeah, Not yeah, 38. No? yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> y- y- you, uh, for me, you can't play twenty-eight of them and then just go. Oh no, never mind. They never mattered because you didn't play. You can play the other eight or the the other nine. It it, it seems um, yeah. It, it seems it, it seems tough, and it seems. Uh, I'm not going to say unfair on the rebote. Yeah. Fuck just, them. Fuck them, <laughs> yeah. too But, uh, you know, if, uh, I always kind of looked at it from the perspective of if it was us, if we were 20 odd points ahead and they tried to take a title away from us, I would be so fucking through the roof. We,
0: we all would. would. I said that to you as well. We all would. Yeah. And it's, it's as United supporters, it's very difficult to sound, you know, as if you're being unbiased here and like, oh, like it's Liverpool, like, you know, we're trying to call it exactly as is. If it happened to us that she was on the other foot, we'd all rightly be pissed off. Like, that's a given. But with something in this situation, there's certain aspects that overtake football and whatnot. Like, you know, it's very difficult to do that. There's a moral standpoint as well that, um, I think it was Jamie Carragher actually made the point, I think it was as well, read some of these interviews. How can you justify Say if they went ahead with this um, behind closed doors uh, scenario, how can you justify? I don't know, however many thousands of Premier League, well, probably about a thousand, maybe Premier League players. I think it will be then uh, that will have to get tested for this to 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 be done, and yet members of the public can't get tested. So you have that the uh, the human rights aspect of it. Why can these celebrities, you know, why are they, uh, you know, uh, being preempted and, and being tested? But, yeah, you know, Joe Bloggs down the road can't get a test and he doesn't know whether he's yeah. going to affect his loved ones or whatnot. <laughs> uh, but...
1: They're saying that if the rest of the Premier League games aren't played this season, something like a billion pounds will be lost. Mm. Pennies. Pennies, <laughs> it's not that <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's nothing in the Premier
3: League money. Like, that's absolutely nothing. A million pounds is fucking nothing to the yeah. Premier League teams. Mm. Nothing
1: to that that industry <laughs> Not for the teams, then. Not for the teams. When I'm talking to the, the Premier League chief executives themselves. It's probably coming out of the, the Premier League going back to the lights of Sky Broadcasting. And mm. That's nothing. That's mm. nothing to the Premier League. It mm. Like it honestly
3: isn't. Like a billion pounds is a lot because it, like, it is a lot of money, but not to, not to a company like that. It that, that is nothing to them. That's fucking pennies. Like,
0: oh, uh, what what's your sentiment on it, Ted? Like, are you which, which which are you for the null and void? Are you for the football camp?
1: it's it's
3: null and void it's null and void there's listen there's no way to to do it fairly there's no way that you can do it fairly you can give Liverpool the title if you want like the title is theirs. nobody nobody's catching them at -hmm. all like that's it they've won it but what do you do about the rest of the league and you can't do anything about the rest of the league because you have to play all those games like David said oh well some people have been in the bottom three for this long some people have been here what if I what if my next eight games like what if i've played all the top six or top seven and all my next games are the easier teams and i'm in the bottom three at the moment oh yeah well sorry just just the way the run of the games went you get relegated because you played all the shit hard teams and everyone else played the easy teams sorry and you lose all that money as well no you can't do that to them and if you do that you have it's not just the premier league if you play at the premier league you have to play out the division one you have to play at division two you have to play the Championship that's way too many people, way too many games to play and you can't do it behind locked doors because even if you test all those players today, Uh, there's no, nothing saying that they won't contract it during the time they get to the next game or the game after that. It's way too much. You can't possibly test all those people. You can't play all those games. There's not enough time and you can't play it later in the season because then you have to just get rid of the next season. It's not worth losing an entire season. And the truth is that If this was us, yeah, we'd be pissed off. If United were at the top of the league and we're 20 points clear, we'd be pissed off if we weren't going to be given our title. But the truth is that it would already have been called. Mm. The only reason that if this was United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal... This had already have been called. Like, they'd already have just said, listen, that season, that, and there wouldn't be this big a debate.
0: You know, it's someone like... would say you're maybe being a bit biased there as the United... Or you're not, you're not no, saying... No, it's, that... it's... You think it's, it's probably because it's Liverpool in 30 years and... and... It
3: is. It's, it's a massive... Because it's a massive draw for Liverpool. It's a massive boost for that club and it makes a big point of another top team developing in Europe. Like, mm. th- this wouldn't be getting discussed as much if it wasn't for the fact that Liverpool at the top. Because people would just accept, well, you know, United wouldn't be like, no, we need to finish this. We'd like to finish it because we'd win, but we'd be willing to accept. We'd be more willing to accept that it wasn't finished because, you know, it's not the first one we're going to win.
0: Okay, so to challenge your point there, I'm not yeah. saying I disagree with you or anything like that, but just to challenge it then, how can it, how can it be just uh, this big argument and this decision hasn't been made yet because it's Liverpool when the rest of Europe's leagues haven't been decided either? No. You can't no, just say it. this is because it's Liverpool. Like it hasn't been decided in France, hasn't been decided in Italy, hasn't been decided in Spain. You know, yeah. they're all hanging on t- uh, tender hooks here at the moment. Nobody's le- no league has been finalized. No definite decision has been made yet. So no, I think it hasn't. It hasn't part. been made yet. But the mm-hmm. fact
3: is that if the other leagues did cancel, we the Premier League would still be on a hangup. Like the fact that they're talking about, oh, we'll, we'll just play, we'll play it next, like whatever we're able to even at the like there's talk of playing at the expense of next year's league no bollocks that sorry like i haven't heard that now
0: but that's ridiculous I, now like that i'm not is, losing out
3: on yeah. an entire season of football so we can finish out 10 games this season mm. no sorry mm. there's also contract issues like yeah and that's that's worldwide as well <laughs> I, I just don't think and listen the fact is that if you did finish it out right if you somehow did manage to finish out these games and you're like right we played them behind closed doors are you going to stop all the Liverpool fans having won for the first time in 30 years from having a massive meet-up and going out in the street and celebrating. Like, that is something that as the Premier League you have to think about. Are you going to stop that? Is that possible? And if it's not, you're risking a lot of people's lives. And people can say, well, it's their own fault. But that doesn't matter. Like, I could be on my way down to the shops. Never watched a game of football in my life. I'm on the way down to the shops. Oh, all of a sudden, there's ten thousand people in the streets, mm. and I catch it like that. Sorry, that's that's not fair on anyone.
0: That's yeah. Donald Moore made that point as well. Said like, look, there's whatever about them winning the league, too much of a it's, risk. yeah, it's the Joe blogs, whatever, going down to the shop, you know, whatever, pick up his few bits and pieces. No interest in football stopping, whatsoever. You're not stopping
3: them celebrating. If yeah. we hadn't won a league in thirty years, there's no chance that yeah. people wouldn't go out and celebrate.
0: It and happened in France as well, didn't it? Shortly after they had lockdown or something, I was chatting to the landlord and he was saying something like 5,000 fans showed up outside. They had a behind yes. closed doors yeah. match and then 5,000 fans showed up outside and they're all doing the usual, like, you know, singing, yeah. dancing, and whatever. And it you can't, yeah. it, it's just unfortunate. You just can't be doing these and things I, that we're so used yeah. to taking, you know, for granted. We just can't do those things anymore. So,
3: yeah. And I've heard people make the point that, like, oh, well, if the Liverpool fans do that, Then you just strip Liverpool of the title. Well, so what? Like, okay, now Liverpool haven't got the title. That's not what I care about. The fact is that once they've done that, they've already caused the problem. Mm. You know, okay, you took the the, the title off Liverpool. So fucking what? Like, that doesn't heal anybody that's been given the coronavirus. Mm. Oh well, don't worry about the fact that you're now sick and that your family is sick because Liverpool don't have their league title anymore. That isn't. No one's going to feel better because of that. Mm. Like, it's, it's not just finishing the games that you have to worry about. It's not just finishing the league. You have to worry about the repercussions outside of that as well.
0: I'll try and finish on a little bit of a, a little bit of a positive if I can, because we're kind of going on. We've all kind of had a little bit of a say on it and whatnot. But um, I found an interview then with uh, Oliver Dowden. I think he's... Oh, I don't even really know who he is. He's a government official in the UK. Fuck him, whoever he is. <laughs> and Basically, he said that it's possible to try and get, gain some interest back into football and whatnot, that some of the matches could be uh, aired on free... It'd be on one of the free-to-air channels like BBC, uh, ITV, UTV, whatever. So if it does, if they do find a way around this and there is some kind of happy medium met or whatever, or this coronavirus, I don't know. Hopefully dies off, whatever. We might get to see some football on some you know free-to-air TV. I don't know if that's a positive or not. You know, maybe make watch football a little bit easier <laughs> yeah like honestly
3: if the, like i've accepted that liverpool have won that title so mm. not them not winning the title has nothing to do with me just like thinking that this league that this season shouldn't be finished out like mm. i know you were saying earlier that gary neville thinks uh 2021 might be it. now I, I do think that's a little extreme mm. but sometime england took this chicken pox like early 90s chicken pox level approach of if we all just uh, then you know we'll all be fine mm. it's not the 1990s it's not mm. the chickenpox you don't send mm. your children to hang out with other children that have chickenpox because this isn't the chickenpox it's not mm. just some shitty little thing that I oh, you'll be scratchy for a couple of days and then it's mm. gone that's not what this was like and it wasn't like like Italy kind of got the short end of the straw here because what should have happened is China was kind of the guinea pig in the sense that you know this is where it broke out mm. but they lied about it like they Actively lied on there's no problem, there's no this, there's no that, it doesn't, there's no problems. And they lied about these people getting sick and they lied about how bad it was. And then people in Italy got it. So people in Italy were just like, well, China just kept going and there was no issues there. And Mm. then it turned out that China lied. So Italy became the guinea pig. Mm. So once that happened in Italy, everyone else kind of took the precautions to kind of, okay, well, it's it's spread to our country now, we'll do this and we'll do that. And then England went and just went, don't worry about the fact that we've seen how dangerous this is. Just fucking treat it like it's not there.
1: As a matter of fact, don't even treat it like it's
3: not there. Treat it like you actively want to get it. Like, they're they're paying
0: the price now. They really are, like, Bojo and all had it. And he's, I think he should be all right now. And I haven't heard anything else really about that. He's out
3: of the hospital and all
0: now. But,
3: no, like, England are in a worse spot than most other places. Like, Germany are talking about, well, we might be able to get it back. Even if Germany get it back, that's Mm. no indication about England.
0: Yeah. Well, every country's going to be completely different, yeah. Like, and how they, and as you say, how how each country dealt like with this. Germany, Germany
3: locks down quick. Germany yeah. locked down fast. They locked down efficiently, as they always would.
0: Ruthlessly efficient, the Germans.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. But like, if their league comes back, then people are going to have this idea that well, they got their league back, so Premier League won't be too far behind. No, Premier League will be really far behind. Well, that's behind
0: a fair point England, as well. Really you mind? That's a fair point that you make there as well. I'll try and really get this box off. That's a fair point that you make as well. Like if Bundesliga comes back and then you might have Joe Blogs out and you know in the UK. Well, if Germany's back, I want my fucking football back and start kicking off about it. Possibly, you yeah. know, and saying, "Well, they're all they're okay. They're getting on with life. Why can't we get on with life? I'm sure you're gonna get all that acted element. Like retards, because you yeah.
3: all acted like retards and they didn't. That's yeah. why simple as yeah. like, he's all treated this like it was some big joke and they didn't and. Now, because they didn't, they're, they're further ahead than you.
0: right well, look, we'll move on. Um, I don't know, send off anyway in the comments below. Anyway, I'm sure we're just going to keep on rolling and rolling anyway over the next couple of weeks and months and whatever else. But uh, I'll, I'm going to go uh, back to front now with this with the schedule. And I did mention that we'll talk about the transfers, the transfer business that we did between the uh, the summer. And the winter window as well, um where we finally I felt like the never ending saga with Bruno and out of the blue nobody saw this one coming, uh, a gallo signing from China. So I don't know what uh, well, I suppose the sentiments that I would make um I when I was thinking back to it in the summer I was actually quite happy with some of the uh, the business that we'd done. I think it showed to me immediately that we were going in a new direction. and um, that's why I was quite upbeat and You know, I was positive and I didn't feel like this the same kind of transfer windows that had happened previously with Louis van Gaal and Jose. And I kind of was cautiously optimistic. I know I was putting my neck on the line and, you know, ready to have fucking lumps torn out of me and whatnot and creating the the banner for the group and all that with all the new signings and the young lads and stuff like that. But uh, I was quite happy with the summer business. The only one that I was... Very iffy on obviously because of the price tag was McGuire and I genuinely would have been happy enough to see Small say. I felt he was an even match for him in some respects, maybe on field. I know I'll probably get a lot of people fucking disagreeing with that. That's fine, that's fair enough. But I will hold my hands up and I'll say, uh, recently, I think just before all this COVID stuff all kind of kicked off, I think uh, Harry's really kind of stepped up, I'd say probably from around maybe about December. January, February and into March up to our last game that we played, I think Maguire's really kind of started to win me over a little bit, his performances were improving, but I think what really kind of done it for me was is you could see he was a leader, he was speaking out more, um, you could see, I, I don't know if it was him individually, but you can see a bit of an influence going across to, to some of the younger lads that were coming through as well, they seem to be a bit more level-headed. I look at the way Rashford is speaking now compared to say 18 months ago to two years ago, um, it looked like possibly he might have been going down a slippery slope following Ling's that fucking knob, um, but I think he's come up He's won a one eighty again there, um, so I don't know. Like, how about it, guys? But who wants to say anything about any of our signings there and kind of kick the ball off? Well,
2: just on on Harry Maguire, um, it, that in the summer felt to me like uh, same old, same old. We we have this wonderful wonderful ability to drag the arse out of a transfer for weeks and weeks and weeks, even though we know it's going to be done and we know the player wants to go and we know this and we know that and we know all the little bits and pieces we know all the details of it, except uh, you know, Leicester or whoever wants an extra 10 million and we're going to try and fucking haggle them out of it and in the end we either pay what they wanted or they end up paying more uh, that was the only annoying thing with the Harry thing, but um. I I can understand why people would have been maybe unimpressed with him because there is this comparison with Van Dyke. whether we like it or not there is this comparison because of the price that was paid and um and and he, he's not he's not Van Dyke at all and uh I I I think maybe sometimes the, like the bar is low <laughs> but well, it has
0: be been in recent be years Anyway, else for fucking sure God.
2: <laughs> as far as centre-backs is concerned it, the bar is low because uh, you've got Phil Jones you've got Chris Smalling you've got Lindelof you got Eric Bailly um, and like all of these guys for one reason or another either they're injury prone or they're accident prone or they're all of those things prone <laughs> or whatever um, you know They've all got an issue, you know, and I know you were happy enough with to keep smalling. For me, um I, I've no I've no ill ill feelings about the guy, but he's been with us for ten years and he hasn't become a leader, he hasn't stepped up to become what we thought he'd become, so I was happy enough for him to go. We all know nobody's just nobody's taken Jones. <laughs> that, like that's the only that has to be the only. Oh, reason
0: he's, he's yeah. going to be here long after COVID and all the fucking rest of you it. He'd be he here really with the next really pandemic really still probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but any but thoughts, <laughs> uh, Graham, on any no, signings?
2: Just say on, on Harry is that he does he does the simple things well. You mm. know, his 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 passing is solid. His his clearances are good. He's a, a threat up up top. Like he's he's good. Centre back, he's not world class. He's not amazing. He's not, but he's reliable, and he's mm. and, and and that's we, we've missed that for so long.
0: Okay, Graham, anything to add about any of them? Well,
2: continuing on to,
1: to Harry Wair, I like yourself, that I really wasn't impressed. when We decided to splash the cash out. He I mean, was a mm. you know, mediocre centre back at best in the previous seasons with Leicester. Um, yes, he stood out with them because. Perhaps the team isn't as, as talented as as some of the other top four teams are. But um, when I came to Harry Mombasaka and Daniel James, I was I'm genuinely excited about them more so than I was about Harry Maguire. But as the season has kind of progressed, Harry Maguire has shown exactly what he can do. And, mm. But the stats, and I think we've conceded thirty goals in the Premier League this season. Only mm. two teams have been less than this, and a lot of that is down to to him and the organisation, the defence and keeping, especially with the, the full-backs in position because, you know, our full-backs have always been prone to, to, to getting lost going forward and, and not coming back. But, um, no, I'm just I'm impressed with him. I think he's, he's deserved the, the captaincy. I think he's, he's taken it on well. He's he's showing his leadership skills with the, the younger lads around him. And
0: he's a solid player. I really do like mm-hmm. him, i got to say. Anything to add any of this, about Daniel James? Because he started off obviously, you know, on fire and what was it, the four goals and jumping in six, seven games, something like that. And I think he's getting a really rough time. Like if I can remember back, geez, football seems like so long ago at this point. Um but kind of over the winter, like Christmas, New Year, a lot of people on the forum are giving a really rough time and they have to remember like geez, he's had a really rough time about like he can, he's taken that step up from the championship. His dad died smack bang in the middle of all that transfer. And he's gone into one of the biggest clubs in the world, even though we're not performing like it in recent years. We still are. And it's a huge step up. But even just going from the championship up to the Premier League at such a young age, and you can see it. He's not the tallest. He's not the most muscular. And not to say that you have to be. But the physical demands, like the pace that the Premier League has played at, it's a big, big difference from the championship. Yeah, and he the, the lads are smashing him up because of the the speed that he has. It doesn't take much. I think it was John Murray made the point, and it's it's totally true. Like the pace that he runs, at, it doesn't take much to knock a player completely out of stride, going at that pace, and to cause serious injuries.
3: Yeah, um, on Dan James, I I think he's he's young, right? Mm-hmm. So like, obviously, he has a lot to learn about the game, uh, and he, you know. We talk about making this big jump up. It's not just the jump from, a, like a low level Premier League team to a top level. He jumped from the Championship right into what's expected of it to be a top team. Mm. Now, whether we're performing like one or not is is again. You're under the microscope when you like. If he played the exact same way he is now in every game for us, and he was doing that for fucking West Ham or something. People would be raving about him. It's the fact that he's under. What Michael like Damien
0: Rice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Damien Rice isn't that good. But, um, I, I
3: think, I think, I think the signings we've made have been good. Harry Maguire, I, I wasn't sold on. I said mm. it before. He's just, he's, he's just Shane Duffy, but with a higher price tag on him because he's English. And that's all he is. Oh, uh, genuine. Boy. I still, I still, I still think that our defensive record has improved, but I don't know if that's down to him. Or if it's down to the fact that we signed Aaron Wambasaka, who is the best defensive player, definitely in the
1: league.
3: Mm. Um, Van Dyke is up there as well, but like in terms of just defensive work, Mm. he's up there, and possibly like in the world, Aaron Wambasaka is up there. Forget about anything else, just defensive work, and the amount of work he does he doesn't just do it on his side of the field you know he pulls in he pushes forward and he he wins the ball back Mm. so that actually takes there's less pressure on our centre backs now so does harry mcguire look better because he has an actual defender beside him as well as like the likes of smalling and i'm not saying jazz but the likes of mm. smalling they had you know an aging valencia beside them Mm. who was never a defender in his own right Mm. so our defensive record is good but I don't know if that's down solely to Harry Maguire I'm not I'm still not sold on him I think he's he's fine he's perfectly fine there but like when we talk about the teams that we had as we did last week the centre back parents he's never like not going to be talked about in that regard mm. he's never going to be talked about as oh how would he do in like the best of United you know, teams he, he's never going to take that centre back yeah. position and that is something we're missing Dan James I think is a sub player i think we need to just accept that bring him on 60 minutes into a game 70 minutes into a game if you need if you're chasing the game or you're you know you're trying to get the win and have that lad, like if someone's played for 70 minutes and then this little speedster comes yeah, on yeah
0: i think the problem is we just gonna... don't have somebody to take that spot at the moment now obviously the ideal name and the obvious one that's coming to mind is sancho stick him on the right side you know you can give him the 60 70 minutes and do well, a switch I, I, and put James in on the right and just you know rest yeah, whatever, Sancho, I, think d- whatever. I, th- I think we do now that
3: we have Bruno before Bruno I, did, I don't mm. think we did but I think now with Bruno we do have the ability to have someone play out there that likes to, like.
0: would you risk though considering his impact sorry to put across here the, the impact that Bruno has had straight away no, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm not saying put Bruno out there at all mm. I'm just saying that you have Bruno in right mm. and we didn't have Pogba either, which was mm. unfortunate. But if you have Bruno and Pogba there, then you have Rashford, Martial, and you know then mm. Igalo as well, mm. if you want. So we do have people that can run those channels, and then bring Dan James on. Uh, Igalo. Greenwood.
0: Yeah, uh, again, another one. Yeah. Igalo, Igalo,
1: a strange signing, but mm. one
3: that we needed because Rashford got injured, and we needed a new centre forward. he couldn't only rely on Martial, and he's been he's mm. been brilliant for us like people people were like this is a waste of time but he's been brilliant for us now i still I w- i'm not jumping on say give him a, a two-year contract or anything he's doing the job that he's been asked to do mm. but the important thing is that he wants to be there and you can see it like every interview he's given he's it's a dream for him to play for this club mm. so when he gets out there you know he's not given anything less than 100 percent I think, and I think that's something that we've lacked a little bit in
0: recent years. I absolutely agree. I think what one of the big things for me, um, and it was Ali that kept on asking me, like I said, I think the uh, one thing that we've really got right with this transfer window is the mentality of the player. I think the the ethos behind the club was clearly done a one eighty. From I think it was the uh, Athletic, um, they ran um, a story at the back end of the transfer window. And I don't know whether it's true or not but they were saying um, a lot of well not the designers that we made um we had done scouting based on previous united players so like gary neville with uh wan basaka because he worked with him in at the in the youth setup for england um, and feeling had previously worked with mcguire at wigan Um daniel james was obviously recommended through gigs uh, in the welsh setup so it wasn't just this case of going out, like, you know, um, having a bunch of agents, you know, fucking kissing her ass for a few months to try and get a big payoff. It was very much, there was, from the sounds of it, like, proper scouting done. There was, like, a diligent work done to make sure that the attitude was right. And that continues on. I... I what I've heard of Bruno I haven't heard a lot of him talking but he seems to again fit that mould where he really 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 wants to play for United his hero was Ronaldo He's, I've seen his quotes about Ronaldo United was a huge team for him that was the reason why he wanted to sign he wanted to follow in his footsteps and then again then with a Gallo the to
3: end at United and not
0: yeah hopefully um and then you have a gallo then at the back end of it then the last one then as well and he's a lifelong united supporter and the photos of him as a kid in in, in nigeria with the united jerseys on from the 90s and all and, and he was talking about like watching the team the great teams of alex ferguson in the 90s and all so every single one of them has that same mentality it's all about rebuilding the right mindset that they all want to be here you know that they're fighting the win and obviously it doesn't always show because you've got young guys there in the team and you're going to get mixed results it's still a work in progress I think as well just to touch back on the point that you said as well about is Maguire maybe looking a bit better than what he is because of Juan bissaka beside him definitely I'd agree with that but I think it's also some of the parts as well in that you've got an improved centre mid in front of him as well I think it's a bit more balanced with yeah. the midfield with McTominay sitting in there and Fred I think has just been a sensation this season he had a lot yeah. of people against him. A lot of naysayers. And he's just come in at an hour. A lot of people didn't well, even expect him to be playing. Were,
3: I think the naysayers were justified mm. for quite a long time because he hadn't shown it. He'd come in and he just... He hadn't shown anything of the, this Brazilian flair, this player that we spent £50 million on. And he just hadn't, he mm. hadn't stepped up to anything. But coming into the end of what we've played so far this season, yeah, he really did step up. And... Then people got back on the, you know, back on the good side with them. okay, yeah, I am liking him. I think in terms of signings, all the, I don't think we've made any bad signings since uh, Solskjaer took over. I do think mm. that the, Bruno is obviously the top signing that we've made, um, and for me, it's Bruno and then Wambasaka. They're the top two. That
0: you'd made. you'd rate Bruno ahead of. Wambasaki, even Which I would, I personally Would have had a good way wouldn't. around because, Just purely because He's been there a little bit longer And he's just consistently Been at, almost at that same level Bar maybe two Three games pretty much
3: Yeah so the reason I put Bruno ahead Is because All of the other players We signed They're, they're good To very good players But They didn't have The attitude That uh, Bruno has Not the They want to win attitude But Before Bruno got there There was this Fear in the team of a mistake. There was this fear of going forward. And mm. since we've got Bruno, people like he demands that ball, give me the ball now, give me it now. And mm. that confidence, you can see that confidence rubbing off on the players around him. Mm. You can see the difference. And it's not like it's not just that he always has the ball, because if it was just like, say, you have a Ronaldo or a Messi in your team where it's like when they get the ball, you know, we don't need to worry. It's mm. not like that with Bruno. Bruno isn't that style of player. He's a creative player, yes, mm. but he's he's not going to go and do it all alone. Mm. It's his attitude of, yeah, I'll take the ball. That's rubbed off on people, and the mm. team improved so much mm. with that. And you could see it. And like Bruno's played without Martial in front of him.
0: It reminds me and a little bit Martial of when Cantona came in, and he was kind of like the... Of him. Yeah, he, he, he kind of has that similar kind of feel to it when Cantona came in the final piece of the jigsaw and obviously we're miles away from winning the league and whatnot I'm not saying that don't get me wrong but the mentality side of it the you know as you said to bring others into the game to lift people around the confidence like oh jeez if he wants the ball that much well then I fucking want it then as well hang on you're not getting all the limelight here and he's bringing the young lads along with him as well probably and you know you've got other players looking for the ball going up the wings whatever you and know, he's demanding and runs
3: you know here's I've got the ball yeah, like I'm not holding on to it forever somebody run, somebody get around, something. go yeah. there, do yeah. that, do this and he's like, he's demanding this to the players, so the players have, have all got this, they've got more of an attacking desire in them now, whereas before it was like we don't want to lose now it feels more like the players are out there to win rather mm. than to not lose Um, and that's why I'd rate Bruno higher because I think the impact it's not just what he's, like his actual ability or anything, it's the impact he's had on that team Okay. In the short space of time he's been there now, obviously you can't judge that because you know, new player signing and the, the like feel good factor as well. But mm. like, he's come in and he didn't have our number one striker in front of him in mm. Rashford yeah. who, who's going to make those runs. Martial doesn't make those runs from mm. so like, I can't wait to see him with Mar- with uh, Rashford running in front of him. And like, as m- the be the, so there'll always be debate about Pogba whether he should say whether he should go, whatever. Mm. But if Pogba like Pogba on his day is. One of the best players. It's just that he, Careful he's what you
0: saying now. You'll set up upset some folks. He's,
3: he's, <laughs> he's just not he's just not on his day enough for us. I but know. If he, if he comes in and that attitude that Bruno has instilled and in everyone rubs off on him, and you have Bruno and Pogba in the middle of your field with Rashford running ahead, and like I I was I wasn't the biggest fan of Rashford. I thought I thought his finishing was a bit questionable. It's,
0: it's like, improved a lot. It has it has improved immensely. A lot. Um, I wonder why that is. It would have anything to do with Ollie being the manager.
3: I'd say so but like even with Ole when Ole first came in there was still questions about Rashford like it'd take him three or four chances and like I still don't when I see Rashford go one-on-one with a keeper I'm not as confident with that as I am with Martial going one-on-one with a keeper and even then I'm not overly confident with Martial like I'd actually be more confident with Mata going one-on-one with a keeper than Mm. Martial or Rashford and that Mm. says a lot but the fact is that if we're creating enough chances the boys are going to score a few of them and I think that's that's going to be a big difference wh- okay. whenever we get back to playing okay. and having Marsh, like, so I think the signings have been brilliant and I think that's what Ole's done mm. the best of so even if for some reason United decided we're not going to keep him on as manager I think there's a Keep
0: him on as a talent. I, I think David very much hit the nail on the head way, way back when it was at its absolute worst, when the forum was at its worst. Like say, yeah, it's most toxic, if you want to call it that. Um, David made the point, you know, that the team that he took over needed serious, serious work. And whoever comes definitely. in is definitely going to take over a healthier, happier bunch of players. But I think the squad in itself as well, tacti- tactically... It will have more balance to us, I think whoever comes in has a far easier job. Even if we do, if the, if if we finish fifth or sixth again this season, whether we they null and void it or, you know, they uh, play it out and we still finish fifth or sixth, whatever. That to me I, doesn't really mean a whole lot because I think whoever comes in and runs with the ball from that point onwards will have an easier job than what Ollie did when he first came in. I think it's a bit of a tankless job and I think David hit the nail on the head going back to when it was at. The form was at, at its most argumentative, at its most heated. Um, but just to touch in, uh, in there with the guys, as well, David and uh, Graham, do you would you agree Bruno the most influential, the best sign that we that Holly's made, or would you put Juan Basaka or one of the others ahead? Or?
1: Well, it's it's difficult to tell with, with uh, Fernandez at the moment because he's only he's only played five Premier League games. Mm. I know he's very impactful of the games that he has played, but it's, it's too difficult to say that he has been the most effective player I think there's potential. And he could perhaps be a most impactful player, but it's not this tour. Uh, what I do like about him, though, is that he does get the other players a lot of love. That. They all want to just attack, which is what we need. We've proven this year that our defense has improved
0: substantially, uh, but we're still not scoring the goals, we're still not
1: eyes mm. as what we used to. I think we're
0: we're down on it but I think it's an improvement on the previous four seasons but that's because I think the last four seasons were just so fucking awful in terms of scoring goals it's not still where you want it to be in the terms of a Man City or a Liverpool obviously Or, you know, I get what you mean completely there Graham. Um you would hope maybe with Greenwood coming on again you know what a fantastic season he's already had uh, I think it's 15 goals 16 goals you think it is yeah,
1: yeah, yeah double, double digits um, for
0: sure wow unbelievable like and if you get him again improving year on year and if you can add a Sancho in there as well and if Pogba comes back as well you have to remember like I, I, yeah, I know you said the goals scored isn't fantastic that column isn't where we want it to be but considering we're missing Pogba as well and people say oh fuck Pogba fuck Pogba whatever you want to feel about him and his attitude and whatever else the numbers don't lie, and yeah, whatever about penalties and whatever else. I know everybody's gonna be like, fuck up, Kirk, will you, Jesus? But you get another player like that in there, it's on. It should surely you would think be to the benefit and add a few more goals to that column as well, and get Greenwood moving on again further along, and anything else, that David? Would you agree with Bruno? Well, or?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't um, I I agree with Ted nearly wholeheartedly. Um. Yes, Wamasaka. for sure. Up oh, for the summer signings, he was the best summer signing. Uh, defensively, there. Yeah, I don't believe there is a better goal, a uh, better uh, defender in the Premier League. Um, he's he, he's just fucking incredible. This is <laughs> incredible. There uh, for for a winger who who converted back to being a defender, his his accuracy is is, is shocking. Um, and you know, he's he really has. I, I can't think of maybe one or two games where he was a little bit off the boil. Uh, his his crossings improved uh, in the second half of the season, um, but it's it's very hard to shake off the effect that Bruno has had because, uh, yeah, he wants the ball. He wants the ball not for not necessarily for for him. He wants it he's different to
0: Ronaldo in that sense yeah like if you remember back to the days Ronaldo was all show pony show pony run trick you know step over and it was all for him more often than not we talked about that last week on the podcast like what was it the 41 goal season or 42 goal season it felt like a one-man band you know whereas with Bruno he's getting the ball and he's looking up the head's always there looking around and saying where are you like you te- you're you're only respect. gonna hold on to the ball for so long, you want somebody else to take it. Like get your ass that's in good. gear, boys, like you know.
2: That that um Marshall's goal against City from the free kick, that's that's one of those ones where one, Ronaldo would have hit it from there. That's a hundred percent he's hit it from anywhere, that lad. Yeah. But it was it was that run that I don't know whether Martial made the run for Bruno to chip it into or Bruno had Martial chase it down. But it was one of those little moments where it it was it was, it was magic. <laughs> one way or another, it was Bruno inspired and it's that sort of stuff. Like the finish was good and everything else. The one thing I'd say about Gallo is he has the thing he has the the attributes that Martial doesn't have mm. he he will take a scrappy finish he has a, a predatory instinct to hang around the six yard box he knows where where the ball's going to go and he he can bully defenders
0: he's with like, a good first defense. touch and he ha he can bully that that last line and that's everybody said yeah. it it's completely true he's a mm. big fucking lump of a lad he's strong he's got pace and for a guy of his size as well, he's got a great touch, you know, and he can he can get the ball moving, you know, and out from underneath his feet very quickly, he can. And we saw that with the goal against uh, Lansko, he's wherever smart, the fuck.
3: He's is. a smart player as well. It's not like he just takes it and takes his first touch and doesn't know where to go. Like, you can kind of see a has it mapped out in his head a bit. He's like, this is yes. where I want to go. I yeah.
0: want to go left. Was I was wanted. it the Man City game, the second to last game, the 2-0 win, where De Gea pumped it up and just took yeah. it down? You know, it just yeah. boom gone. Yeah. Rashford and within a few seconds, like, you know, geez. And that led up to the uh to the McTominay goal in the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute, whatever it was. Jeez, that feels like forever ago. But um I'll move on. I'll kinda of segue into um into uh Ollie I suppose. And probably been about the most heated topic of discussion, I think, over whoever many games we've had in the season. Jesus, I think me myself and Dave have been two of the most fervent, the most uh, outspoken supporters of Ollie on the forum. Anyway, and I've always kind of had his back. I felt reasonably early on he was going to go in the right direction. I trusted him. I, felt, I suppose the sentimental side of it was there as well. I won't lie. It was nice having a former player there and as everyone knows I was certainly not a fan of Jose anyway the um, less said about that the better Um, but I just felt moving away from that and what we had not even not just Jose Louis van Gaal as well and Jose they didn't feel like the right managers and the way they played football didn't feel right either I always I believe that Ollie would he understands the, tr- the traditions of United and he would get it right eventually if given time Um, I think going into the winter period oh admittedly we have had some shocking periods i think it was late september kind of octoberish i think we didn't have a win in six or seven games we weren't scoring goals it just looked really really bleak we had the um i think it kind of crescendoed if you will almost with the the villa and um was it the sheffield united draws this 3-3 and the 2-2 in the league and i think the proverbial shit hit the fan basically for the form at that point in around there going into christmas um, but I've always kind of supported him, still with him. I'm just kind of wondering has anybody here, maybe in the four uh, on the chat here, been on say uh, Ollie out almost side to where he's starting to win you over? Because I know Ali kind of almost falls into that kind of category. Anybody here almost fall into that?
3: No, not really. I kind of like, I, I've been that like, keep him as long as we need him. Um, unless there's a, another manager out there that, you know, is is a right fit for the team, and we don't really know that. Like
0: the uh, the old Puck, uh chant, or
3: Poch is the one that's that yeah, Poch is the one that. Yeah, but that, he was the one that was there, and that's when the shit hit the fan. For mm. like a lot of these, all like like people being like, get all I out because you can get Poch. If yeah. he wasn't there Who were you going to get Like this idea of Sack him Get somebody else in Who were you going to get Lads That's mm-hmm. the real question
0: But you're and hitting the reset button Again then as well That was my concern With it again Like you know You're hitting it again And anything Like and, and, and as short-lived As it would have been Like the 18 months Roughly Of what, what it would have been For Ali t- t- From taking the job From the Cardiff 5-1 win Up to whatever At Christmas The 3-3 three, three, with Villa whatever it was Or the The, the Villa 2-all Or Sheffield United 3-3 three, three you're hitting the reset button again so quickly. Any ideas that they tried to roll out at that in that short period of time, you're moving away from it again completely. And The huge investment that would be needed again and all, it just, it didn't, it, 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 when you think about it logically, it doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, but
3: I think if we were, if we were stagnating or if we
0: were... Well, some people were arguing that we were stagnating at that point. I think, the, I argued back no, that at it was that, premature. At, at
3: that little point, there was a bit of a stagnancy, but like, We were improving from the season before and that was a definite. And as long as we were improving from the previous season, you can't just keep sacking managers. You can't do that. You need to have a good manager there. That's the only way to be successful.
0: A lot of people would argue that the results were... There was all these posts going around and I know a lot of them or some of them, whatever, were manipulated. Myself and Dave kept on making this point that people were cherry-picking start points to suit agendas. And I've always just said... You know, just take it from fucking five one card of whatever it was, Christmas last year, and just go from there. Oh, but he was only a temp. Who gives a flying fuck whether he was a temp, or permanent? He was still the bloody manager. He was picking the players. He was telling them to play a certain way. You know, and it hasn't been fucking perfect. I've never once said that it's absolutely perfect, but I could see there was signs there. I think that there was certain things that you could hang on to.
3: It was never going to be perfect. It, no, it's well, a manager it. that managed a, a low. He, he managed at a low level, and he got put into a position that, of course, he wasn't going to turn down. Why would he? One year being offered a massive job, so even if it goes badly, you're still going to make a shit ton of money. And two, it's for a cl- club that you absolutely loved and played for, for your career. Like, mm. of course, he wasn't going to turn it down. So, of course, he was going to take it. But he was always taking a risk there. Mm. And so was so were United. The fact is that he, he has to learn on the job as well. Mm. and I think he's shown that he has because when he first came in he was taking too long to make the subs and now the subs are be made a little bit earlier mm. now our bench isn't overly strong because of the injuries we've had so sometimes when he makes subs people are like what is he making that so, like I remember we yeah, were yeah
0: it seemed like the same fucking argument every goddamn match I, I, why did he take I him off we were, and then 20 minutes yeah. post-match you'd be getting a photo uploaded like a fucking player with his calf sliced in pieces or you know yeah. ice packs on or you know, but there and was then one game where we were two minds. one up.
3: There was one game where we were two one up, and he made two defensive substitutes, and we drew two all. And people were like, "Why did he do that? We should have gone for the kill." That's not. You, you can't go for the kill all the time. If you're already ahead, sometimes that is the smartest thing to do. There's.
0: I can't. I know the game that you're on about there, all right? And 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 so I remember me and you were both arguing the point as well that I think there was maybe something. It wasn't even five minutes left. I don't think. I wasn't yeah, like Jose, have... like, like, 25 minutes, half an hour left of the game and shutting no. up shop. You know, that's a and big risk for me. we didn't have any
3: attacking players to bring.
0: Yeah, We well, well. didn't have
3: any attacking players to bring on. Yeah. And our attacking players were tired. So it's like, right, you can either keep the tired attacking players on and hope that you get another break and score another one and put the game to bed, mm. which is one option. Option two is to bring on an attacking player. We didn't have any. And then option three is to bring on a defensive player and shore up your defense, mm. which should work. Because mm-hmm. that's
2: what Ferguson would have done. Yeah, that, that argument was over Martial being taken off yeah. with eight minutes to go. You yeah. know, as what as game was it, was
0: Dave? Can you remember? For... Um, no, I can't. Uh... Funny you mention it, actually, as well. It was well Martial.
2: <laughs>
0: it was. It was definitely. It could have been actually. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but it was definitely Martial because I remember then he onto insta then the big like the cut down his calf and it was like big six inch, uh, six inch cut like the studs went ripping right through his leg and for the final whatever five ten minutes of the match everybody was losing their fucking mind on the form like why did he do that he cost us the game he needs to go all this kind of stuff and so it's like just wait and see what happens see what the reasons are behind it there might be a valid reason as to why a certain player went off you know um anything to add Graeme like positives negatives where do you think he's excelling Where he's where, he's, where is he failing or
1: oh, so to be honest I've never really been a staunch supporter of him, or have I really been against him either. Yeah. I've kind of always been you're
0: you sitting know, on the be fence wait and see what
1: happens you have to yeah. remember he hasn't even had a season under us yet mm. he joined Last season, and he's only got 29 games this season, so he needs a full season
2: at least before... And
0: that's a fair point that you make there as well about the full season. Like, he this he, and he still hasn't because he's Covid, shit. and he's like it's very hard to judge him. You really need to see a manager coming in at August and going all the way through and then really judging him at the end of that. Um,
3: Has he had a bad season though? Is is also the the question, like up till what we have now, like if the season ended today. Is it a bad
0: season? I'm sure you'll get a lot of people on the page saying that yes, that it's not good enough. Like draws against the likes of, you know, your Villas and, and the Sheffield Monterey. United and oh, the, the, the results against the bottom sides, again, have been shocking. But that's been uh, consistent. The wins
1: against Man City and Spurs. Which but, this is,
0: but then people and, would argue it's, it's, it's very, it's, for me, it's eerily, eerily, eerily familiar to the Louis Van Gaal. Uh, term in terms of the, the the results because we were he fucking picked up wins against the top six sides for fucking it was nothing to him like he said like, ah eh. you know our fucking record against the top six with Louis Van Gaal was absolutely incredible but then the flip side of it was we were fucking getting mauled by the dog shit bottom men relegation fodder and the same kind of things happening now again a little bit with ollie and people are saying no, that it's, little... the same,
3: it's the same issue though it's the issue that we weren't breaking teams down we're, yes. great, on the count, we're great on the counter-attack under Van Gaal we're great on the counter-attack under Oli. the question is why we weren't able to break teams down and it's because we didn't have the players to do it we've now signed a player that has shown that he has the ability to do that in Fernandez. now had we signed you can say if some buts had we signed him at the start how would we be doing but that doesn't matter the fact is that we've we have signed them now, and like we're going to start seeing this. But I think is this a better season than last season?
0: I'm gonna uh, go straight onto the back of that because one thing that I kept on going through my head, and with this whole argument, and I, I and I kept on making this point to Ali, in particular, and. I think we've played four. I'm gonna just double check it here. We played 47 games, I think. Yeah, 47 uh, games, all competitions this season. And if you genuinely looked at those on a game by game basis, and you just really kind of separated them into yes, I really enjoyed it. No, I bloody didn't. And for whatever your reasons may be, I would say I've enjoyed the, the majority of the games this season. And you can say, okay, well, look, it's a results business. Fair enough, it is a results business, and it's been hit and miss, but. Because I've enjoyed it a bit more, I think it's a bit more bearable. I think the result, I think the results will follow because what I'm seeing on the pitch is making me enjoy it a bit more. I feel a bit more confident. It's not just about the entertainment factor of it. I think what it is is that I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I feel confident that when we go into a match, kind of you touched on it there to Ted earlier on. You know, we're not set up with a fear of losing. now With Bruno there now, we're playing and we're going to to go out and try and win the fucking game you now with it feels like a different mentality especially I think from about Christmas up to when covid fucking kicked their ass more recently yeah. I think it's definitely a different mentality
3: I I feel we've had a better season this year than we did last year regardless mm-hmm. of where we finish and who has the amount of points and how far we are off the top the fact is that everyone's far off the top right liverpool had a freak season that is not happening again all right mm nip that in the bud that's not happening again they're not having another well, some season
1: some people would
0: argue City have already done it the two of them have just ran away with it but I take your point on board I definitely do those two right. got, uh, teams are just in on a different level everybody else is playing catch up at the moment that used to be yeah. us and now it's just them and that's just the way it is you're going to have to fucking put up with it and anybody yeah, expecting do. us to do it this season I don't know maybe uh, by some
3: be weird... I'm not saying we'll, be, chal- not saying we'll yeah. be challenging for the title next season either but I think that the way we've played and everything about the team is an improvement from last year mm-hmm. from last year's team not just results even though it is a results-based business the fact is that the team plays better football they look more confident and we're starting to like we're starting to look like we might actually like I'm less worried going into get like there was points last year where it's just like oh it's a bit of a slog to go and watch this and there's some. there's been some games like that this season where I'm like that was rough to watch But I look forward To the games this season And Definitely. I know loads, Like the people I do know Before the season started And we made these signings Of wan uh Dan James Maguire All, all these signings That we did make People were actually like I'm looking forward To this season mm. I have a good Positive feeling And I think Well a lot of people
0: positive... weren't And that's where the ne- Negativity was going With it yeah. As in like Oh was that, who's Dan James Fuck him Some Welsh twat uh, Like you know He's only in a championship Player you know, and then Wamba like, oh, he's okay, like, and Slab Head, whatever, and a lot of people were saying, because because we missed out on Bruno, I think that set the seed of doubt. Well, like, I, he I, been did, I think that was,
3: a, I think I think that was a big issue that we didn't. Yeah. We didn't sign up Bruno, but I can kind of. I think Ed Woodward is brilliant at what Ed Woodward does, right? Mm. And people might think I'm a bit crazy and say that. He's brilliant at what he does and what he should be doing, which is me- which is sponsorship deals. He's mm. absolutely brilliant at it. He mm. is phenomenal. He's one of the best in the business at that. Mm. He shouldn't be signing players. He shouldn't be a talent scout. And well, you that's... know
0: John Murray's feeling on that. He, uh, these stories, and I do kind of get it. I think it's a very easy sell for the media to, oh, Ed Woodward's involved in transfers. Uh, Dave kind of touched on it earlier on In the podcast That the delays around Maguire An important point that people A lot of people forget about that Was that Harry Maguire actually had to go on strike To force this move through
3: Yeah he did and I'm not saying it's all on on
0: I have a feeling it was Leicester City Being (laughs) fuckers about it And they just were kept on stalling it, stalling it, stalling it And he actually had to force it through
3: Well you see that's the thing right At the moment All Premier League clubs can just do that mm. like um crystal palace were offered 70 million for Wilfred zaha mm. they turned that down crystal palace shouldn't be able to turn down 70 million for a player right that shouldn't be able to happen so they all have. like zaha <laughs> but it doesn't matter any player if you're offered 70 million
0: they, like it's at, crazy at money that, yeah a club that's at the
3: top of the league can turn that down because they can be like that. Players going, players down low, like teams down lower should be like Dwight York, right? Dwight mm-hmm. York, when we signed him, that like that he, we should not have been able to sign him. He he was the only thing that was keeping them going.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we offered them too much money that they couldn't turn it down. That won't happen now unless you're offering like two hundred million, and that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that we made these signings, and yeah, we missed out on Bruno, but at the same time we can't just bow to everyone going throw an extra 10 million on that because then that's what will happen every
0: time that's the problem as well and he i think he actually gave a really good interview at the back end well kind of things are in october and i put up a huge post on the page he gave a, an interview to uh, red fanzine and he explained himself quite well and i think edward did i'm like I, a lot of people probably think like oh you're a big fan of it no i'm not i don't really give a i don't fucking know him you know, I don't necessarily believe all the stories as well in the media that, like, oh, he oh, he has a stranglehold over the transfers. I was kind of himing and hawing about some of it um, going into the Bruno deal. I, I remember having uh, the private discussions on, on the Messenger and I was kind of arguing a little bit back with, uh, discussion, discussing it back a bit with John. But I think ultimately, I don't think he can get too heavily involved. I think maybe he is... In, a little bit underhanded Uh, ultimately he's the one that signs the checks and there is always people always kind of forget there has to be a happy medium you have to be seen to be supporting your manager but also balancing the books as well and people just don't want to accept that
3: it's a thankless job on his part but I do think that sometimes you need to just let things go like you do need to and I think had we not signed Maguire
1: Hmm.
3: we would have signed Bruno Right, it was one or the other at that time because I I think
0: so, yeah. It was too big a
3: price, and the fact was that we needed a centre back because we we'd let go of too many, and we had injury-prone ones with us, so we did need one. So
0: I think the the sales as well. I think put a stall on things. You have to remember Sancho and Lukaku only went in the last what five to seven days of the the window or something as well, and getting them off the books as well, freeing up cash. And I think by the time they went, we just didn't have the time frame to, to get Bruno through. And it was just just one of those things. I, I do
3: think if if we'd signed Bruno, I think we would have had a different season. But the fact is that we, we didn't. didn't. But I think that this season overall was better than last season. Mm. And, I, and I think we're improving. Okay. Would you agree? with that Dave, uh, season, Graham? With no more With no more signings, I think next season we'll see the best of what this team has to offer. Even if we didn't sign anyone. And I think we, we obviously will sign somebody. But...
0: Okay. Uh, Dave, would you agree, uh, Graham? Um, I would say one one bone of contention. I think uh,
2: that that bugged me from uh, that, that I went back and forth with a lot of people on was. Um, listen, we know that Oli has no very little experience, um, but that shouldn't take away from the job that you do. So um I had an argument with somebody over him being called a yes man for quite a bit and what he's actually done is a very ballsy thing. Um because last summer we we cleared out more players than we've cleared out in Tips, four or five years, mm. uh, players that had to go, had to free up, had to move on, they weren't good enough, or they did, they weren't part of the project, or they didn't have the heart, they didn't have the desire to do what we needed them to do, um, whatever the reason was, um, he did that, and uh, that's not easy to do, otherwise every manager would do it, mm. um, but every time a new manager comes in, the you know the players are out to impress again, and um, blah 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 blah, and and stuff doesn't change. That's why mm. Phil Jones was still there, and that's why fucking <laughs> so many others were still there.
0: Phil's going because, to be there for fucking ever, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> every every time a you know, manager comes in, they get a shot. They're really professional. They're great on the training pitch, so they're kept on. But um, the transfer market, like we were close to Christian Eriksen, but you didn't want to come to us, lose interest. Right. Mm. You don't want to come, you want Madrid, you want something else, fine. Good luck to you. Diabala, same thing.
0: Don't Money grabbing man. fucker.
2: Yeah.
0: You and people were actually um, praised us go. at that point go. and go. The, the overwhelming go. feeling was that we made the right call at that point.
2: Of course. I mean, go back a couple of years, that's Di Maria, you throw a couple of of zeros at the end of the paycheck and they're coming in mm. but the thing is is that he obviously knows who he wants mm. and the players that we have signed from uh, Bruno, Igalo, and um, Wambasaka, Harry they wanted to come to the club and wanting to be there and wanting to fight for something and, and believing in what what it is and the thing was is that we left the squad short mm. all right there, there is there's no doubt about that so that's one of my one of my, I guess that one of the things I'm a, I'm a big fan of Oli, but one thing that I'm disappointed in was that uh, I didn't feel there was any reason why Bruno couldn't been pushed over the line. Um, but, well,
0: a lot of people, yeah, that is a pet pet peeve, I suppose. Like that's the bone of contention. They're saying, well, like if Oli picks his players, he should have got somebody in. Do you know? And that's why they were using this to a stick to beat him, if you will.
2: And not to forget that uh, Inter left it to the, to the last day to cough up for, for uh, Lukaku. Yeah. And they waited for the transfer window to be closed before making a move for Sanchez when we couldn't hmm. do anything about it. Now, the, the point that I'm going to make is, uh, only in naivety or maybe just intentionally, he put faith in the fact that he had... Uh, he had Wambasaka, he had Shaw, he had uh, Brandon Williams coming through, he had Greenwood, he had Pogba, mm. he had um, Greenwood, uh, sorry, yeah, and Rashford and Martial, and these were going to be uh, what he was going to put his faith in. And of course, we know we lost Martial for six weeks, we mm. lost Pogba forever, we lost uh, Rashford, and they all were gone at, at different mm. times, and things and felt really shit for a long time. But the thing yeah. is, is that we. We know where we're going. Mm. We know. We can see what the plan is. We can see what 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 he's trying to achieve. I, I
0: th- and I think you really he, hit the nail on the, in the head. He's made really, really, really big decisions. And as you said, even going it's through gone. all the injuries and all the rest of it, he's stayed the course. And it's very much the term that Ted used a minute ago about Edward. Woodward, a very thankless kind of job that he's done. I think. Um a lot of the previous guys performed: your Moyes, Louis Van Gaal, Jose. I don't think they were making as big a calls as him, um, if you want to send off on that in the comments below after listening to this by all means, but I think he's made some huge, huge calls, as you said he absolutely culled the squad, you're like small and gone out on loan, Sanchez, Lukaku, uh, Fellaini right at the start he was out the fucking door, yeah, you gone. know, like there's so many of them that he's just gone, Um and then so getting the other side of it right as well the replacements getting them coming in and then working with the young lads as well I think there's an awful awful lot to be positive about at the moment looking at the club it hasn't been great but comparing to where we were the last 4 or 5 years to where we're slowly starting to turn a little bit, I think people should, it's not that we're perfect and nobody should take it that way but I think there's cause and at least there's a little bit of room for optimism I don't know Was anything you want to maybe round it off with Graham about Ollie or anything like that any kind of points you'd like to make I
1: think it massively helped for so long i think he's understanding that the philosophy of the globe needs to be shaped around from the grass levels upwards and he's actively trying to implement that now which is completely against the grain from what jose Mourinho was doing you know he's he's bringing up all these young lands he's um bringing the passion back into them again Mm. definitely the desire is there
0: yeah just to touch on um, when we had our break there and Dave told us just when well, we had a little break there in the podcast that Liverpool have after signing, well, they're due to sign Tim O'Verner and we had a little discussion between the four of us while well, it wasn't recording that uh, we have a better history of making talents, uh, world-class talents rather than just signing ready-made big stars. Our record in that regard isn't the, the best and we briefly t- touched on Greenwood. So is it maybe right for Ollie to go looking for a wide attacking player in the mould of a Sancho maybe and putting all the focus on Greenwood for the next five, six, seven however many years it is and really developing him is that the right way to go? Are we jealous at all of Liverpool signing a Werner? Do you want to run with the ball on that one Graham? Uh, no, I, Liverpool can have <laughs> <laughs> him once. a superstar in the seasons to come. Mm-hmm. I think
1: he needs to develop maybe over the next year or two build up some muscle mass and I, I think he's he's shown massive signs The way he runs at players, the way he's he's not afraid to get stuck in and to just shoot mm. the ball from way outside the area is, it's just a, it's a, a beauty absolute beauty. But I think of Liverpool can have for anyone they want. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm I'm with i as well. Let them have Timo Werner. Like it's not that Timo Werner's a bad player, but we have Greenwood let him be our main number one striker Um, we still have a Gallo there so there's still somebody to fall back on that's you know the more experienced developed player for when greenwood isn't having a like this is what happened with rooney we when we got rooney originally he wasn't the primary focus which was kind of unfortunately what rashford was for a little bit like he was where we looked where's rashford why isn't he scoring those goals and it was no one else to do it. When we first got Rooney, it wasn't all on Rooney to score those goals. Same with Ronaldo; it wasn't all on Ronaldo to score those goals. They were like developing to develop into that. And I think having the likes of the Gallo, and even like Rashford, as young as he is, is still a bit more of a. He's like he's a senior player now, and so is the likes of Martial. So having Greenwood there, and not having to rely on him entirely, means that he can develop slower, a little bit slower, and that's he's he's our centre forward for the next couple of years, like as long as there's no injuries and that he doesn't decide to leave. And I don't think he would decide to leave. He seems to be a united but like a united boy through and through. So like mm. he's he's our main striker. Yeah. Rashford is whatever you want to call him, a left mm. winger, whatever he is. Kinda he's kinda has a free role up there. So you have Rashford, Martial and then you have Greenwood in the middle. Mm. Then it, whether he stays or goes, at the moment we do have Pogba, you have Bruno Fernandez and then
0: whatever signs we do make, you know, we have a night, like... I have a feeling, our our I don't know, it's... Good. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, good. I'm not, obviously it's not on that level anywhere near it at the moment. But I have a feeling Oli kind of wants to move towards what Liverpool are doing with their front three. He wants a nice mobile front three. And I can see, you can see it already with Rashford, Martial and Greenwood, that maybe in another 18 months, two years, we'll really start seeing the benefit of a, a pacey mobile front 3 where they can interchange and they'll just be ripping the, back, the fucking back lines to pieces so we're not sore about missing out on Timo Werner What about Haaland because that was a big bone of contention as well a few no. months back
2: that's a point about Man I uh, not to sound arrogant we shouldn't have to convince a player to come to us right? there's something
0: seriously wrong if you have to like if, a club of this if, size Haaland now listen the, the lad
2: looks like a serious talent
0: I have actually talent. haven't seen a lot of them I'll hold my hands but I haven't seen a lot I, uh, I, 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 I watch every now and again the Champions League like some of the matches like uh, when it gets to the knockout stages the group stages I'm not really that bothered you see, with you get to see, the, the handy thing with watching
2: Dortmund is that you get to see a bit of Sancho and Haaland mm. in, the, in the one go but, now, he looks a talent but
0: let's be honest he spoke to like seven or eight clubs beforehand and he, he whored had... himself out fair enough. fair enough well he's a real player like <laughs> in um, um, um,
2: um Le- Leipzig to your next team now in fairness Dortmund are an amazing club for developing players mm. so uh, I'm not I don't have any feelings about it but if he's not sure if he wants to come to United, Grant, I just, Grand, off you
0: go. Wasn't there an issue as well about the uh, Riola wanting uh, sell on rights or something like that? I can't yeah, really remember. Jog. Jog uh, I can't really remember. If the cre- I'm it, was either, cre- it was either sell
3: on rights or image rights or something like that. But honestly, I think it was like, sell on rights. Yeah. They, they, they,
2: yeah, if he didn't want to be here, fuck movie, him. Movie, uh, give them up.
0: I think, yeah, it's a very strange one because a lot of people were saying we were right with the Dybala one, as in like, well, if he doesn't want to be fucking here, you know, fuck him. And the casting thing is, people say the same about Pogba, if he doesn't want to be here, well then fuck him. But then when Haaland comes along and then oh, we fucked up the Haaland transfer, it's like, well, hang on, no, he didn't want to be here either, so why the fuck are you hating on Pogba? But you're hating on Ed Woodward now and Ollie and and, and oh, we should have fucking got this done because he goes and scores a hat-trick and what... With with his first three touches, well, yeah, that's fucking great and all that, but he still didn't want to be here. Like, so what's the bloody point? The, the,
2: the funny thing is about Pogba, and I, I don't want to get too too oh. a Pogba on his own, but mm-hmm. it, you know what? If like he's he's fifteen goals a season at plus. If if he if he fancies it, I mean, like what we need to sign. Kind of starts to slim down a little bit if you've got if you've gotten committed. My my only worry is how committed is he going to be and for how long. Mm. Uh, I I said the other day in a comment I don't I don't trust the camp that, uh, mm. because it is a camp. Pogba comes with a camp. Uh, I don't I don't trust it. Like he he says the right things and he makes the right sounds for the most part, but. I just don't know if if he get a bad run against like we, we've been playing really well recently we've scored a load of goals happy days uh, if he wants to be involved when we're like that but not be involved when the shit hits the fan yeah like, at
0: the end of the day, like I I I I get a lot of fucking hassle for sticking up for him and all that fair enough but. I uh, I haven't defended the guy in a long long time, and some of the stuff that I just put up now at this point, it's just, it's a running joke. Uh, there's no point in even getting into it anymore. So yeah, uh, I do agree though, kind you
2: know, of. I mean, from the perspective of,
0: in addition to what we've got, in addition to Bruno yeah. Martial, uh,
2: Greenwood, and all all this great talent,
0: I think that's maybe a clever move, maybe by Molly um, as well, maybe that he's thinking, if I get a few extra of these other players in and around Pogba, and I like minimalise his impact, as in, I don't want him to be feeling constantly that he's b- Billy Big Bollocks, basically, you know, I, I run the show here. You take that away from him. Take his ego away from him a little bit. And see if he actually really wants to step up to the plate a little bit. And we'll soon find out. It, you know, we're going to find out this summer whether he wants to be here or not. You're going to call it and that was something
2: f- that we discussed a while ago, was... If you had Bruno in there from last summer, mm. whether he wanted to stay or go didn't matter because mm. you had that creative influence, and because he, he's he's every bit as creative as as Pogba. Bruno is is every bit as creative. So mm. uh, you're not you're not if we had him in longer, you're not getting pissed about by Pogba or okay. or Rayola or yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, well,
3: I don't I don't want to get
0: too bogged down on Pogba,
3: but th- this is my thing. People talk about. Is he a great player, is he not a great player He has all the talent, he has this, he has that Here's the fact He came into a team and He, he was the centrepiece of the team And he didn't really do a whole lot Alright He didn't make the team insanely better yeah. And people said Well that's because of the players around him What signings did we make That are different That make the team around Bruno that much more different than it was for Pogba at the like at the end of last season, not many, and that's the truth. But one player has made the team look better, and the other one, people have given an excuse and a, a bypass you. So well, it's the players around him. Pogba is the is the sort of player that he has all the the tricks and stuff, and he is very good. He's very talented, but he looks brilliant in a brilliant team. Mm. He doesn't look brilliant. In a team that's not brilliant,
0: I don't, yeah, players. I don't think he's going to be that kind of player. Like, I th- a people player compare to the UV up. Pogba to the United Pogba, and he was surrounded by the superstars like the Pirlo no, whatever I see, else. I think,
3: I think he's the exact same player as he was at UV. I don't mm. think he's any better or any worse than he was at UV. The And the same at France, he was no better at France than he was at United. Mm. The fact is that at United, he was expected to be the big, pit,
1: big fish, yes, in the big pond. Whereas what he had to be at the other teams was he was a small
3: fish. A he big
0: blended pod, like in, yeah, yeah. I all think... these
3: other players did so much that he had more free time, so he could have all these extra touches and stuff like that. Mm. He's not afforded that at United. Mm. Right, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the problem for him. Okay, he looks great in a great team, but he
1: doesn't look great in a team where he has
3: to be great. Someone like Messi, like Ronaldo, you put them into any team and they'll look great. Mm. He won't, mm. and that's where I think the
0: difference is. Okay, that one will ru- uh, run and run no doubt Anyway, certainly will on the form um, Really just going to shoot this one off Because I'm mindful of time here now Um, Just completely shoot from the hip uh, Young lads, seasoned lads The transfers If the season was to be null and void As is now, straight off uh, Name me one player who's been the disappointment of the season And who's been your player of the season Dave, go <laughs> Oh, you're a bastard you're all getting it anyway, but your lads have a bit more time to think about it.
2: Yeah,
0: that's really what do You know. I said shoot from the hip. Come on, quick,
2: quick. Like, no, 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 we both made signings. But, uh, I'm I'm really happy with Rashford's improvement this season.
0: Would you say he's our best player to see? Would you say he's our player to the season? That is what I'm saying. Who do you think has been our disappointment of the season, and who's been our player to season so far?
2: Right, and um, I'm gonna go uh, with uh, with Thwamba for our player of the season, just for for longevity and and for for his form all the way through. Um, Lindelof, probably mm. Did, like disappointment of the season.
0: Rambo yeah, for maybe. you. I'm gonna literally kind hammer two days, Rambo for you. Who do you think?
1: Um, player of the season, i have to go the as
0: well. And their disappointment. De Gea. I was thinking the same with the myself, Ted.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, Yeah, Yeah. is the is the, the player this season. I know I said Bruno had a bigger impact, but wambasaka has been the best player we've had this season. And disappointment. <sighs> um, I would have said Fred up until the last kind of couple of games. Um, Fred,
0: really. Wow. Up
3: until up until the last couple of games, yeah, he was a no. disappointment for no, the whole I don't start of the so. season. for the whole start of the season, he did absolutely
0: nothing. Uh, I think probably be being unfair to say last couple of games, I think he's been decent. I think he's been very good remember. throughout the season. I think he's actually been fairly consistent. Like not at a like really high level, but I think he's been reasonably consistent considering, considering the situation situation where we are as a club. Like. Um, if I'm not gonna go, it probably is Wan Bissaka. I'd say, but I think really genuinely, I think uh, Fred is actually pushing him very, very close. To be honest with you, if it wasn't if if Rashford didn't pick up his injury, it would no doubt be Rashford. I think. Um, but it's a tough one to call. I think if I have really had, yeah, I have to go at Wan Bissaka as well. Probably, I think it's it's close. I'm really kind of undecided with Fred. To be honest, with you. I think he's done actually pretty well. Disappointments has to be the hey like. And where that comes from, like there was a lot of arguments and all that. Obviously, going back a year, eighteen months ago, and I was saying about me and John Murray were saying like oh, it was a concern there with his form, his reactions. And if you look back at the type of goal that he was making mistakes on, it was the long range efforts, and he was fumbling them. He was getting caught at the near post. It was one of two things. It was either the long range efforts or getting caught out on the near posts. Like I remember. I think it was Palace scored two different goals in, in each each season and he was bet at the front post on both of them. There was goals then in the Champions League and all the Barcelona think one was. Even for Spain as well, there was a couple of goals from long-range efforts and he was fumbling them, dropping them. and It was it it was just too much of a coincidence. If they were all different types of goals, and you'd say, okay, maybe it's just a confidence type thing. But I think it's a technique. I think it's a reaction thing as well. I don't think it's just confidence. But confidence to a keeper is a huge thing as well. Sorry, yeah, you
2: guys had had, uh, had been talking about you know for a keeper like him it's his reactions that tend to slow but what he's he's not missing is the close range stuff which you need to be quicker for and that's the the puzzling bit when the, from long distance you've got Oh, well, someone like that. he got so much time to
0: decide what to do with it. I don't think it was so much John, for me. John was really kind of banging on the drum about the the, the reactions. I think it was more kind of maybe technique. I don't know. Maybe he wants to use it. I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Something like that. Yeah, I think it's more kind of maybe technique or his concentration. And then to tie with the concentration, And you have the confidence. When you have this thing happening repeatedly, it just eats away at you. Then it, the, that voice in the back of your head gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just, it's the it's the, it's the, it's the bull in the China shop nowadays in his head. That's what it is.
3: There's also the question though, is it, has he been bad or is it just that he, you know, he was so good the previous seasons that these slight mistakes are magnified because he was so good before that. Like all keepers make mistakes, all of them, mm. the best of the best and the worst of the worst. They're always going to make, there's always going to be a few mistakes there, you know, silly little ones um but he's just he's so good for us for the last couple of years and I think that kind of weighs into why people think this season's been so bad for him mm. because they expect they, the expected standard from him is so much like everyone expects him to be much better than everyone else in our team
0: i think it's because as well like the last three four seasons as you say he really did set a, an incredible standard but because we were so reliant on him and the magnitude of the season that he had, like, this I think it was the the second season with Jose. Like the, the game against Arsenal, the the two one win, that was just fucking phenomenal. Like, Karen isn't a very big football fan, and she was sitting there watching it with me, and she was jumping out the chair with the excitement, like she couldn't believe the saves and the amount. I think they had uh, twenty six shots and eighteen of them are on target or something, and he made at least a minimum. Of twelve really really good saves like high standard good like you know really good saves I couldn't believe what I was watching in that game. It was yeah, incredible. But he did that
3: with Spurs this season as well.
0: Like he he had a great game. He's had Spurs his games. Well. Like, Don't get me wrong, but I think it's just because the blunders are just so. And it's happening. It feels like it's happening it's not, so often now. They're, they're, they're not like small games that they're happening in. It's like it's happening
2: against City. It's happening. You know they they're happening in in big games and like the two that he conceded against Burnley yeah. were just you're, you're uh, I I get where you're coming from Ted but it, you can't I, I don't I, I can't wrap my head around why he would be so solid for four years and then over like 18 months 20 months be making like that mistake against Everton I'm sorry that's a huge
0: fucking mistake it and, was yeah and, yeah,
3: should should he be making that mistake? Yeah, it, it, it is a huge mistake. But I think that the point I'm kind of trying to make is that was he making those mistakes even in those massive seasons? But it was just that he was stopping
1: so many shots. We're actually like we're having less shots on on target now, and
0: he's making so more like, mistakes now. He's at the top of the no, charts the, for the uh, for the errors this season. He is as well no, the now. Question
3: is, yeah, but he's having less shots. So like, was he still making the same? sort of errors back
0: then i don't think he was it's my so mind i then don't think he so was
3: yeah but you remember the fact that he's made all these massive saves and like he's made so many saves and he saved our ass so many times he's not being called on as much to to save our ass as much now so these mistakes kind of get more highlighted because they're now costing us games whereas back then you know he was keeping that clean sheet I,
0: I genuinely like, yeah. I don't know If, if the guys want I He probably He obviously did make Some mistakes but, then But I can't Think see, of them I'm as consistently sure. I'm, I'm not sure either I just think that Back then we were taking He was stopping So many shots because Oh he we were, was Yeah he saved our season so, Yeah But we are We are letting so, We are letting so many shots
3: Into him That You know The number that he saved So if he say if he let in thirty goals in that season And he's letting thirty goals In this season the fact that he he stopped so many more that season makes that season look way better than this season because he's had less shots on him.
0: I and think he, this could be its own podcast in itself. We'll do dedicate half of it to Pogba and half to De Gea on the next one. I think because <laughs> yeah, that... I, I, I think it's hard
3: to I I do get where people are coming from saying that he's he's probably been a disappointment this season, but I don't know that he has like I just don't know that he
2: back has the end been, of that season.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's just.
3: It's hard
0: to judge him because well, it's hard to judge him because he's just been so good in the last few years, and it's difficult. I know because it's kind of like Rooney in the latter years. You don't want to be speaking badly about him, and if you if you do say something bad against him, like the, I said it on the forum as well. If when you start talking negatively against De Gea now, it's reminding me very similar to the conversations that we had Rooney in his latter years, where he just wasn't performing at the same level, and you were getting like I was when I was speaking out against him. Look, he's acting a maggot off the pitch. He doesn't look fit. He's not performing. The right thing to do is sell him on. Ferguson wanted rid of him in 2013. What's wrong with me saying it as well? That I think it's time for him to move on. But, you know, you get certain people in that will just staunchly defend him no matter what. So it is what it is. I'm just mindful of the, uh, of the time again here, guys. So I'll try and pretty much wrap it up. I think um, the the Gea and the, uh, the Pogba things can certainly be topics another time anyway. we are going to try and make this um, a regular enough occurrence. You know, there's certainly um plenty more to pick out there now. With those two players, I think. Um, I just want to again a a big, big, big thank you to Graham for dialing in tonight. I think he's probably fallen asleep in his chair there. The sunlight's about to come up behind them as well. I think the kids are going to come in and attack him now any minute. Um,
3: you know what? What Gramey hasn't told us is that he's in the doghouse, and that's why he's actually. <laughs>
1: few beers in the house and he's been in the doghouse since
0: now well, that's only fair enough
3: <laughs>
0: share the world graham share the world and i look at genuinely i do appreciate it as i said to you last week we're going we're going global with this we had uh darren o'brien in toronto at 11 a.m and graham this time around dialing in at like two o'clock in the morning but i just want to say uh wherever you are just kind of keep healthy keep happy uh we'll get through this you know and it's not ideal times at the moment i just hope you know, this discussion this podcast has kinda of helped take in uh, people's mind off of things for the last hour and a half or so, whatever. But um i which is all the best, lads, alright.